Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Here we go. We're in this series called A Little Bit of Wisdom, and let me give you the key verse for this whole series before we jump into what we're talking about today. We're we're looking at the book of Proverbs, and Solomon is the one who wrote this book, and in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, says, wisdom is supreme. That means it's important. It's the most important thing for you. Therefore, because it's the most important thing, get wisdom. That seems simple enough, right? He says, though it costs all you have, get understanding. Now, let me explain. Costing everything you have can play out in a lot of different ways to gain understanding. You can do this through your personal growth, through, through mentors, through books that you're reading, but costing everything you have may be in a moment, in a relational moment that you're experiencing with someone. And something's happened and you don't quite understand it. The things that it may cost you may not just be your time. It may cost you your pride, your ego. It may cost you your mouth to shut it up and to incline your ear and listen. It may cost you something to gain understanding. Solomon says it's so important. So get wisdom. And though it costs you everything, get understanding. So here's what we've been doing in this series. Every week we've been giving you one little, little bit of wisdom. And this is week five in this series. And today what we're going to do is talk about a subject that if I'm being really honest with you, totally transparent, as your pastor, this subject is tough for me. Because as I've prepared for this, as I've prayed through it, as I've written down all the things that I'm going to share with you today, I realize that I'm not great at this. That there are areas of my life that I struggle with this. And so as I stand here sharing it with you, understand that I'm wrestling with it as well as God begins to do a good work in me. So for those of you that have been looking down your nose at me, judging me, that's all right. You don't know my life. I'm a person just like you, and I have issues too. And that was my sister that said that. So in the first week, I talked to you just to kind of set this whole series up as we're looking at the book of Proverbs. It's broken down into two sections. There are 31 chapters. That means that there's a chapter for every day of your life that you, could, that you can read every day of the month, right? Uh, but, but there's 31 chapters. The first nine is Solomon simply writing to us and making a case for why wisdom is important. And then from chapter 10 all the way to the end is these one-line statements that he gives, the Proverbs as they're known. Words of wisdom, and some of them are all disconnected, like the one, one verse to the next doesn't seem to really make sense because they're really just one statements to you, one-off statements. But I think it's interesting that as we look at chapter 10, where the Proverbs begin, that the very first book, or the very first verse, is about our subject today. And our subject today is the importance of honor. So check out this first, the first verse, chapter 10, verse 1 says, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son brings joy to his father, okay? But a foolish son brings grief to his mother. So as we're looking at this subject, honor is ultimately about how you interact with other people. It's about how you live out your life and how you impact those relationships around you. And since we know that, when you look through Proverbs and you see what it has to say about your relationship interactions, there are two people that that Solomon talks about, the wise son and the fool, And he talks about the fool, and in every situation when he addresses the fool and how he interacts, 
in his relationships, he says the fool does one specific thing over and over again, and that is that the fool despises. The fool despises. Now, the definition of to despise means to be in contempt of, to scorn, to disdain, to consider worthless and unworthy of honor. You've made a decision that whoever this person is in front of you, you despise them and they are unworthy of honor. Now, if that's what we see the fool does, then we can understand the opposite of what is foolish is to be honorable. So we're going to talk about a principle that I believe of, of honor that I believe if you'll act on this, that if you'll follow God's principles for honor in your life, it'll shift the balance of every relationship. Uh, and, and you'll see that happen, and it's going to be awesome for you. So that's how Proverbs, the Proverbs in chapter 10, verse 1 begins. But if you shift all the way to the end of Proverbs 31, the whole chapter of Proverbs 31 is about what we call the virtuous woman. And the last verse, chapter 31, verse 31, simply says this. Everybody say the very first word with me. Honor. honor. Yeah. So, so we see that the Proverbs, are they start with honor, and the last verse ends with honor. It's this bookend. It's so important. It says, honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. In other words, he's talking about for the kids to their mom to praise their mom publicly. It's important that you honor that way. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this today, because I feel like in today's culture that we are missing honor, that we have stopped being a people that honor. In fact, it's become quite toxic because instead of being a people who champion those that honor others, we are now championing, championing those who push out and spew dishonor. They have become our celebrities. They have become our idols. They have become the people that we look up to and say, I wanna be like that. And I think we need to get back to honor, to be people who are honoring. Amen, everybody? So here's the deal. Here's what the word honor means. If you have no de working definition, so you can understand what we're talking about. Honor is value, it's worth, and it's weight. In the Hebrew, the original, the original writing of this word honor, you see it's the word kavad, and it means to add weight to something. In other words, that you assign value or a weight to that person or to those words or to that relationship. You honor it. The opposite of honor, of course, is dishonor. And that simply means to take something lightly, to take something or someone lightly. In other words, that you are refusing to give honor to something that actually deserve it. And so today I'm going to talk to you about the principle of honor from God's word. And honestly, I feel like some of you are going to struggle with this. Because what we're going to do is talk about how to honor God. And I think you're going to come face to face with some people in your life that you will not feel like they deserve honor based on how they've treated you, based on what they've said to you. And, and you're, you're gonna come face to face with that and you're gonna struggle with it. But here's the thing. God has called us to be people of honor. And in the first message in this series, we talked about the fear of the Lord, that, that, that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And we said that the very first thing we've gotta do is decide that God's right. That when our feelings and our opinions differ from God's, he's right. So as we confront this issue, you're going to find people and you're going to name them. You're going to identify them. Well, what they did to me wasn't right, and yet God calls us to honor. Listen, God's not saying that what they did was right. He's not saying that they deserve honor. He's called you to be a person that is honoring. So here's the thing. I can say that because honor isn't based on someone's treatment of you. Honoring 
begins with God's claim on them. In other words, choosing to honor somebody is not based on their treatment of you or your view of them. It's actually based on God's view of them. See, God has the ability to see you and I in our total and complete depravity, which that's, that's the same for all of us. That means that we're all sinners. All of us have sin in our life. All of us have fallen short of God's perfection and his glory, every one of us. And yet in the middle of our depravity, God sees us. He sees us very, very differently. God sees us in our perfect dignity at the same time that we're currently in our depravity. That's who God is. God sees all the mistakes that we've made, yet he sees the potential in us. God doesn't just see you as you are. God sees you as you can be. And I think that's where we need to be. And for me, that's really where I want to become, be, be totally in my relationships with people. I want to see the best in others, and I want to believe the best in others. I want that for each and every single one of us. Do you know why I really want that? I want that in my relationship with my kids. Now, if you've had an opportunity to meet my kids, you know that they're awesome. They're all sitting right over here. They are incredible kids. But I'm going to bust their bubbles a little bit and just tell you, my kids aren't perfect. I know. That is brand new information, I am sure. But my kids are not perfect. And from time to time, they dishonor my desires for them. They dishonor my best for their lives. But it's in those moments that for me, what I want is the ability to see them for who they are and not the choices that they've made. Because in those moments when they've made choices that are contrary to my best for them is when they need me the most. They don't need me in their lives reciting their sins to them or their mistakes to them. And I'm not awesome at this, and you can ask them. Isn't that right, y'all? I am. I'm not. They're, they're, just, they're, they're just hanging their heads a little bit like, yeah, Dad, well, I don't, we're, we're stuck between rock, hard place. What do we do here? I'm not. I'm not I want to be better. But the, I need to be able to say, listen, that was a choice you made, and it was a wrong choice. And that's okay that we identify that. But because it's a choice, that means that good choices can be made, and you are not the choice that you made. And so I can look at them through the eyes of who they are, who God sees them to be. And we need to do that more with each other. We need to stop looking at people in their mess, and we need to start seeing them for who they are and who they can become. And here's the thing. It's simple, church. You're never going to come in here, and we're going to recite all of your sins to you and tell you how terrible of a person you are. No. We want to look at you through God's lens. And that's why we tell every single person, when you come here, you can know God. You can find freedom. You have a purpose, and you need to discover it, and you can make a difference. You can be part of this family. In fact, you belong even before you believe. We want you to know that. You're welcome here. <clears throat> this whole attitude of seeing people this way, there's a doctrine that's actually attached to it, and it's called the doctrine of glorification. See, one day when we get to heaven, the Bible tells us we're all going to be made perfect. We're not going to be sinners anymore. We'll be made perfect, but we're not there yet, but... Even though we're not there yet, God sees us as though we are. And he sees us that way because of the sacrifice Jesus made. He's able to, and he looks at us that way. In fact, Paul said it this way in Romans 8, verse 30. He said, and those he predestined, which by the way, is not a select few. It's every single one of us. Every single one of us, he's chosen us. It says he predestined us and he also called. That means that God is calling you to himself. In fact, there's some of you in this room right now that God's been knocking on the door of your heart for a really long time, that he is calling to you, and he's a gentleman. He's not going to bust into your life. He's waiting on you to open that door, and he'll step in, and he'll change everything. He'll make it better. You'll see. 
But he says, to those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. See, God already sees you before, as perfect before you get there. And since God sees others this way, this is the way we need to be. That we can say, I'll tell you who you can become despite the things that you've done. That needs to be our heart. Honoring begins with seeing people the way God sees them. The second thing about honor that you need to know is that honor benefits me too. It's important that you know that, that there's something in it for you. Honor is never about the person that you're giving it to. It's about you, something that's going on in your heart. It actually does more for you than it does for them. Because the way that you treat your boss, the way that you treat government officials, the way that you treat your spouse, your parents, it, your friends, all of that matters. Because the degree that you honor them is the degree that you can receive from them. That was so good, I'll say it again. The degree that you honor them is the degree that you can receive from them. See, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus was going around doing good and healing people, raising people from the dead, casting out demons. Jesus heads home. And watch what happens. He heads home to people that knew him as he grew up. And they knew him from, the, from being a boy. And they said, this is just the carpenter. We've heard all kinds of stories about him doing good. And Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was not able to heal many in that area. He was only able to heal a few because of the dishonor that they placed on him. They did not honor him for who he was. People saw him as average. And the way they saw him determined how much they could receive from him. That's important that you recognize that because how much you honor someone determines how much you can receive from them. That's why Paul said in Ephesians 6, Honor your father and mother, which by the way, honoring your father and your mother is not the same as obeying your father and mother, right? Though he does start this chapter off with kids obey your parents. So kids, if you're living at home with mom and dad and you're eating their food and sucking off their Wi-Fi and their, and their, their electricity and their roof is the one covering your head, obey your parents. But there's coming a day when you're gonna live on your own and that's not a mandate for you anymore to obey them, but you still have a mandate to honor them to honor them, to give them proper weight in your life. Check out what happens. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And here's what's in it for you if you do it, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Now, here's the thing about honoring your parents. He didn't say honor your parents if they've been good to you. He didn't say honor your parents if they've been sober and taken care of you and provided for you and told you what a special little boy and girl that you are. No conditions, honor, honor your parents. And I know that's tough for some of us. I know that's hard for us to hear. But remember, when we're confronted with opposing opinions, God's right, it's better for you. In fact, the kind of honor that he's asking us to give our parents is the same kind of honor that you would assign to a judge who walks into a courtroom. You're not saying yes, your honor to his integrity and his character, you're giving honor to his position. So when he says, honor your parents, you honor their position in your life. Honor benefits you. Third thing you need to know about honor is that respect is given, or excuse me, respect is earned, but honor is given. Respect is earned, but honor is given. You're not saying, I'm going to wait on you to deserve it. You're saying, I'm going to go ahead and give you honor before you deserve it, or even though you don't deserve it. I'm going to give it to you. And here's the thing, if you decide to do this, if you decide to live a life of honor, if you choose today, God help me to honor those in my life, 
this week, you're going to get an opportunity because there's going to be somebody that's going to step into the stage of your life and they're going to test this resolve inside of you to be honoring when they don't deserve it. You believe, believe you me, it will happen this week. That's why Peter, Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 2, verse 13 through 17. And, and understand the context in which he wrote this. Peter's living in a day and age when the religious leaders were not good people. The pastors did not love their flocks. They loved the honor. They loved the glory of being pastor. They loved the spotlight. They loved the good seats in church. They loved the, the nice greetings from everybody. Hi, pastor, how you doing? They loved that more than they loved their people. And the, 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 uh, the law, the, those that were, uh, the, the law was the Roman Empire. And the Romans and the empire was corrupt as well. And so Peter's in this toxic environment where leaders, religious and legal, were no good. And yet Peter says this, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. Boy, don't we hate that word, submit. Submit yourself, not for your own benefit, but for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the president as Donald Trump. Uh-oh. Oh, now hold on a second. I'm not asking you to like him and I'm not asking you to agree with him, but our Bible says that, that even though he's hashtag not your president, and I'm not commenting, making any comment on that whatsoever. Don't, I'm not getting political here. I'm just understanding that this is part of our lives. This is part of our, our posts. This is part of our conversations. This is part of our thoughts, and it's part of our actions. That there is still honor that needs to be given. Agreed with, sided with, like or not, there is honor. So whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors, some of you don't like me. You ain't coming back next week. I apologize. <laughs> I'm just reading the Bible. Don't be mad at me. Or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it's God's will that by, <laughs> that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of people on Facebook. <laughs> Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. How do we do that? The next verse tells us, show proper respect to everyone. To everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. I like that fear God because he sneaks it right in there. Hey, remember, when you're feeling different than me, I'm right. Honor the king. Honor. You don't have to like the king to honor him. This principle of honor is for you. If I'm being honest, I want to see more honor in our time. There used to be a time when we honored each other well. There used to be a time where, when honor was just common, that when somebody came walking down the street, you didn't hang your head and look at the ground. You met them eye to eye. You'd tip your hat and you'd say hello. Maybe that's a little old timey for you, but that, that was honoring. There used to be a time that when somebody entered the room and you were seated, you would stand, shake hands, and greet them. There used to be a time when a woman would walk into a room and all the seats would be full of men and the men would stand and offer their seat to a woman. We said, well, what's that all about? You're trying to say the woman's a weaker sex? No. Listen, I do this all the time. And I get women that say, no, 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 it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. Have a seat. Why, you think I need to sit down? No. I think if my mother walked in here, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> because she taught me this thing called manners. And you can't understand the amount of shame 
that one look from my Jewish mama will, will, can, can pervade to me, right? So it ain't, it ain't about, yes, it's about honoring you, but it's more about honoring my mama, even though she's not here, because she taught me better. Amen, everybody? Amen. Honor needs to come back into our culture. In fact, Romans 12.10 says this, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. See, there's an honor that goes above and beyond honoring yourself, choosing to honor them, preferring them, giving preference to them. It's important. So honor people above yourself, and here's three quick ways that you can do that. The first way that you can honor people above yourselves is to prioritize them. Prioritize them. You honor people when you prioritize them. In fact, I will tell you that whatever is first in your life is your priority, that whatever you do first, you are giving priority to it, that something as simple as opening a door for someone and waiting on them to go through first is honoring, right? Can I just get on a soapbox for a quick second? If somebody does that for you and they hold open a door for you, as you walk through it, there are two things, you, words you must say to them as you lock eyes with them. Those words are thank you. Just, just, just let me say this for a second. You say thank you. It doesn't matter if it's that person's job to hold the door. It doesn't matter if you're on the phone or talking to someone and having another conversation. You stop, you look, say thank you. Even if it's that guy that we all hate, you know the one, the guy that opens the door and you're 20 to 30 yards away from the door, but they are waiting on you to go through. There's nothing you can do because you've already made eye contact. And now you are peer pressured into an unwanted cardio routine. And you find yourself jogging towards a door that moments ago you were happy to walk towards. But that guy, though you're irritated by him and you're now out of breath, when you get up to him, you say, thank you. Say, thank you. All right. Honor people by prioritizing them. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Now, at first glance, this may look like it's a money principle, but it's not just. This is about choosing to honor God first in every area of your life, not just your money. Though there is that opportunity for you to do that, you can honor God in a simple moment when, when you wake up in the morning, your first thought and your first words out of your mouth are, good morning, Lord. You're giving first. Some of you, or all of you in this room right now, you're giving first to God right now. You're giving him the first part of your week. You're saying, the rest of my week is coming, but God, I'm giving you the first day. That's Sunday. Here I am. I'm here to prioritize you. There's others of you outside of your morning, good morning, God. You're, you're, you're going to get it alone with Jesus in your Bible and a cup of coffee, and you're going to just let him speak to you for the day, to set the whole tone for your day as you pray and talk to him and listen. See, I'm going to give you the first part of my day. You can do this with your finances as well. It's where you don't, you don't say, God, I'm going to wait until I paid all my bills, and then I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give to God first, and then I'll pay my bills. That's honor. That's priority. You're giving to him first. Check out that's the same verse in the message paraphrase. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor God with everything you own. It means all that you've got. It means that everything in your life needs to be pointed towards God's priorities for your life in every area of your life. Give him the first and give him the best. 
first and foremost, honor is demonstrated by priority. Secondly, honor has a language, and you speak that language of honor by praising people. So, so praise people, praise them. And here's the deal. Don't just praise them when they are around. Praise them when they're not around. One of my favorite things to do is to, to meet somebody's parents, and once my friend has walked away, I turn to their parents and tell them what a blessing their kid is in my life. Tell them how awesome it is to have him in, in, in my life. I want to praise people when they're not around. Too many of us, though, we find ourselves in situations where we say nice things to people, and then when they turn their back, you're like, can you believe that guy? Did you see what they were wearing today? Can you believe they said that? Like, like it, it's two-faced if we're being honest. We'll praise you to your face, but we'll tear you down behind your back. Or if that's not you, maybe you know people that are like that. And if they're in this room, there's no reason to point. We don't do that. But God watches all of that. He watches that. In fact, the Bible says that one day you and I will give an account for every word that we've spoken. That one day we're gonna, God's going to say, and this is what you said here, and this is what you said here. Man, there's some weight to that. He's watching. That's why in James chapter 3, verse 9 through 10, he says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. In other words, it's the words that we speak. And with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. So we come in here on a Sunday morning, we sing, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. And then we walk out and we get in our cars and someone's taking a little too long to exit the parking lot and you gotta give them some kind of signal and a hand gesture or maybe call them a name. James is calling this behavior out saying, hey, you don't get to call, you don't get to praise God and curse man who, by the way, here's the doctrine of glorification, are made in his likeness. (laughs) He says that out of the same mouth come praise and cursing My brothers, this should not be. Dang, James. He just says it like it is. Honor has language. How you speak about people matters. It absolutely matters. For me, the hardest time for me to remember this is when I'm in my car. I don't know about you, but I could be enjoying some time with Jesus or having some fruitful conversation or listening to a podcast or whatever it is, but I'm just in my own zone in my car. I'm in my safe space. And then somebody does something that I don't like. They drift over in my lane because they're playing on their phone. Or they cut me off accidentally, thinking they had a little more space than they did. And I'm suddenly jerking my car and everybody in it because I'm slamming on my brakes. And it's in those moments that I forget I love Jesus. (laughs) It's in those moments that a word will come out of my mouth that sounds exactly like Dwight K. Schrute from The Office, and I go, idiot. Seriously. Some of you are definitely not coming back next week. (laughs) Judging me. But I'm going to tell you what I hear every time. I hear the voice of James in my heart. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, that's my idiot. What he's saying to me is, that's my child. That's my kid that you just cursed. And, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, I will immediately re- repent and say, God, I'm sorry. You're right. That's your kid. Lord, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know why they're distracted. I can't even imagine what's on their heart and their minds. But Lord, I pray that you bless them. Turn it around. I struggle with this, and I'm sure you do too. But, but to behave this way, to give honor this way, it's not naturally in our hearts. That's not our natural bent. 
It takes God at work in us through the power of his Holy Spirit for us to even recognize that something as simple as a comment like that is cursing someone that God says, they're in my likeness. They're in my image. We need to decide today and every day, as Paul said in Ephesians 4, to not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. That's dishonoring talk. But only what is helpful for building others up, that's praise, by the way, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now watch, here's why this is important. The next line's really important, and it's connected. He said, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Like, I'm telling you, I don't want to grieve God's Spirit because I need God's Spirit. You need God's Spirit. You need the power, the authority, his presence. You need his comfort. You need his guidance. You need his wisdom. You need all that his relationship offers you, and for you to grieve him is not a place we need to be. Honor is demonstrated through priority, and it is spoken through praise. And the last one, honor will protect others. It will protect the people that you value. It protects them. Because if you value something, you protect it. It's why you have locks on the door at your house. You have valuables inside. You lock the doors. You protect it. Those of you that believe in firearms, you believe that you are protecting your home and protecting yours. We protect that which we value. The people in our lives matter. We can't just prioritize them. We can't just praise. We have to protect them, and we can demonstrate honor that way. You know, there's a great story from the Old Testament, first half of your Bible, in the very first book called Genesis. And in it, there's a story of somebody you're really familiar with. His name is Noah. Noah's the one who built the ark and took the animals on the boat two by two, and then the world flooded. Everybody died. It's a terrible mess. It's true. It's It's in your Bible. But the waters eventually receded, and, and the boat came to rest, and the animals all came out. And Noah and his family began repopulating the earth, rebuilding. And one of the things that Noah did was Noah built a vineyard. And then Noah harvested some grapes. He made some wine. And then Noah got drunk. And Noah got naked. It's a true story. It's all there. And Noah had three sons, and one of them walked into the tent, saw his dad naked, and came out laughing. Told his brothers, started mocking his dad. But his two brothers grabbed a blanket, held it between their shoulders, and walked backwards into that tent. And they covered their dad's nakedness. They didn't excuse his behavior. It was wrong. But they covered his weakness in that moment. They protected him. And I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, that, that's what we want to do at Simple Church. Listen, we're not trying to hide the fact that you've made mistakes. You've made them. But we want to cover your weakness. That means we want to stand beside you as you work out the issues that the devil has brought into your life and the thing that he's tried to destroy you with so that you will be conquerors, so that you will no longer be defeated by that thing. Amen, everybody? We want to protect you, not cover your sin. We want to protect your weakness. Now watch this. Jesus said this in John 7. He said, he who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him, that's us. That as Christ followers, we've been sent. And he's sending us to be people of honor. That as we do this, if we're the ones who do this, the ones who work for the honor of the one who sent him, 
is a man of truth. This, this should be our target here, folks. And there's nothing false about him. We are working for the one that we serve. We're doing this for him, but we know there's something in it for us. In fact, each time you honor someone, something changes inside you. It transforms inside you. In fact, my motivation for this message is not about the honor you're going to give someone else. It's about what will happen in you as you do it. So this week, find someone to honor. Maybe you've got a rough relationship with your mom or your dad. Call them up and tell them how much you love them. Honor them. Maybe you're... Maybe <laughs> Your boss is someone that you regularly whisper underneath your breath, idiot. Maybe. Maybe instead of cursing him, go and thank him for their leadership, even if you don't agree with the way they go about it. Thank him for the opportunity. Be honoring. Find someone to add value to, to honor them. And I promise you, I promise you, you'll experience God's blessing and his grace. So here's the last bit of wisdom for this whole series. We're gonna start a new series next week, but here's the bit, a little bit of wisdom number five that I wanna offer you. The more I value something, the more I get value from it. The more honor you place on something, the more you can receive from that person. The more, value, the more you value your job, the more you'll get from it. The more you value this church, the more you'll get from it. The more you'll value your relationship with God, the more you'll get from it. Let's pray. Father, today I pray that, that all of us could just acknowledge that we hear you. That this isn't easy, but we hear you. And I know for many of us in this room, me included, this week has been a week of me just repenting, saying, God, I need to do this your way, that I've missed the mark. And so for those of us that are here, Lord, I just speak as a group. Lord, we repent. We ask you to forgive us for, for not, not honoring your ways and not honoring the things that you give honor to. Lord, we pray that when it comes to people, that you'll help us to see people as you see them. That yes, there's a mess that they've walked in here with, but Lord, you see them as saved, as justified, as glorified. Lord, that in the middle of their depravity, you see them as glorified and help us see them that way. And God, we thank you that you see us that way. <laughs> we need that just as much as we need to give that to others. And so Lord, I pray today that your spirit would just encourage each of us here today to be people of honor in every area of our lives. And that's my prayer too, God. Now in this moment of prayer, as we continue to pray, I'm gonna share that this opportunity, I told you earlier that, that God's calling to you. And maybe you've doubted that because maybe you've dishonored God. You've dishonored his best for you. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that if that's you, if that's the situation, that's okay. God's not mad at you. In fact, you may think that you're far away from him. You've never been closer to him than you are right now. He's not concerned with what you did last night. He already knows and he loves you still. And so there's two things that I would say you need to do and you can do this in a simple moment in order to be restored to a right relationship with God. The first thing is to repent. That means to ask for forgiveness. Tell God you're sorry. We've all had to do that, and we all still do that. The second thing is, is you just need to turn control of your life over to him. Say, God, I, I made, my opinion may be this. My feelings may say this. But I hear your word says this, and help me do that. So I'm going to pray in just a moment.
And if you wanna be counted in on that prayer, to be included in God's family, where he, by the way, already sees you, to have your sins forgiven, to be restored in right relationship with him, I'm just gonna ask you to pray these words. We're all gonna pray out loud with you. And if you're praying them, just mean them. And I believe that God will meet you right where you are. So let's pray. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for dishonoring you, for doing things my own way. Today I give you my life. Show me how to honor you in all that I do. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.